0: Hi there, Caitlin here. Our mission at EB Academics is simple. Help middle school ELA teachers take back their time outside of the classroom by providing them with engaging lessons, planning frameworks, and genuine support so that you can become the best version of yourself, both inside and outside of the classroom. So if you think you might be ready to try something new because you know you simply cannot continue the way that you have been, that I'd invite you to take a moment to check out the EB Teachers Club, the EB Writing Program, or the EB Grammar Program by visiting the links in the description of the podcast. We hope to continue to support you within one of our programs in the future. And in the meantime, we look forward to serving you right here on the podcast each week. Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. We are doing part two of a specific end of the year activity that your students are going to love. So if you didn't listen to part one last week, you want to go back and listen to that episode first, episode 224, and then come back and listen to this one because they tie in together. Now, before we dive into this episode, I just want to talk to you about what we're doing here at EB Academics this summer. So every summer we do two different professional development workshops and learning opportunities to spend part of your summer with us. And our June workshop this year is really focused on helping you cover all of the ELA standards in your classroom while also engaging your students. So if you've ever found yourself in that situation where you're like, Literally, how do I fit it all in? Like, how am I supposed to teach all of these standards to my students over the course of a school year? There just isn't enough time, right? How many times have you heard there isn't enough time to do everything, right? That's a story that we tell ourselves, which we're going to argue is not necessarily true. There is time to fit everything in. Um, And we're going to teach you how to do that. So that's one of the things that's really important to us at EB Academics is providing you with a clear framework, with easy steps, with things that you can actually take and implement strategically into your classroom, not just theoretically, right? Like we're talking about things that are actually able to be put into practice. So if you've ever found yourself saying there is not enough time. To teach everything that I need to teach. My class periods are only 42 minutes. There's just no way we're going to hit all of the standards. If you've ever found yourself saying that this workshop is for you. If you've ever found yourself saying my students just, they don't care. They're not engaged. Like none of my kids want to be here. Like the looks on their faces, all of those things that make us just want to pull our hair out as teachers This workshop is for you because we're going to share really fun, engaging lessons with you. We're going to give them to you so that you can take them and use them in your classroom. Um, So that's all happening. June 15th, we're going to start everything. We'll have a private pop-up Facebook group for everybody. Um, We'll be doing workshops and trainings and all kinds of fun stuff together, giving away a bunch of prizes. Um, Just, It's a really great time. I love this June workshop that we do every summer. So we would love for you to join us. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement, you can sign up. It's free. It's something that we do every summer um, for our teaching community. So we'd love to have you join us over there. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. So this is, again, part two of our walkthrough of an end-of-the-year activity that your students are absolutely going to love. So they'll be creating their own escape rooms based on concepts that they've learned in class this year. And the best part is that not only is it very, very low prep for you, but it's also high rigor and engagement for your students. That's like double win, right? So again, if you haven't listened to part one, episode 224, go back and take a listen to that one before continuing on with this episode.
1: Where we left off in last week's episode, um, each group had decided on an ELA concept that they'd learned in class this year. They determined a theme for their escape room, and then they'd come up with four rounds of questions and tasks for their classmates to complete. All of that, so like All those things would most likely take two to three class periods total. And then what you're gonna do once all that is done is you're gonna have each group come up with clue cards. The clue cards are used in between each round and will lead students to their next task. So let's break that down because I know that kind of can sound strange to hear. So I want you to imagine it's the day of the escape room. The creators of the escape room will have given you the teacher three locations in the classroom ahead of time. In those locations, you will have placed the set of task cards that go with those clues. So for example, let's say Caitlin's group has created an escape room and now they're leading it today. So in advance, she gave me the teacher three locations in the classroom where I could hide copies of all the tasks and questions, those four rounds that her group created. So, Caitlin and her group give all the other groups their very first task of the day. That's the one where they were setting the scene for the escape room. Good so far, Caitlin?
0: Yes, 100%.
1: Okay. So, that first um, task card again it sets the scene for the escape room and it includes the first puzzle. So maybe it's those multiple choice questions that we described in last week's episode where students have to unscramble the letters from the correct answer to make a word. So let's say um, I'm going to use my oldest son, Jameson. Let's say Jameson's group finishes first. Okay. So he's gotten that first task card from Caitlin's group. They have unscrambled all the letters and it spells out zombie or whatever the word is. So they could then take that word zombie and either take it to me, the teacher, or take it to Caitlin and her group and say, is this right? Right. And if they're right, then they get their first of the 3 clue cards. Okay? So the first clue card might read go green. And they have to go, okay, well what does that mean? We know it's that our next task is hidden somewhere in the classroom. Maybe go green means go to the recycling bin, or maybe go green means wherever the green construction paper is or whatever it says. Or maybe the clue is where Chromebooks go to sleep and we need to head over to the classroom charging station. Whatever the clue card reads, they go to that location they think it is, and then they get their next task. And this is where the teacher will have hidden the task cards in advance of the escape room based on where the creators told the teacher to put them. So
0: makes perfect oh, sense.
1: It does. Okay. I was yep. going to break it down. If it does, then we're good. Totally. I, cool. I mean, for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> If it didn't pause it, go back, re-listen. I think it will make sense (laughs) logically then.
0: (laughs) And I will say like, I'm not an auditory processor. Like it's very hard for me to understand things hearing it. So Mm -hmm. hopefully everybody else is, I would everyone else is pretty good. You did a good job.
1: Oh, thank you. I get nervous sometimes guys. I want
0: to make sure you understand it. (laughs) So that's what the day of the escape room is going to be like. Okay. So now let's go back to when students are still creating their escape rooms. Now that you have this picture in mind of like what the execution of it actually looks like. Okay. So at this point in the creation process, students are coming up with three clues to use after tasks one, two, and three. So the clues should be creative, right? And lead to different locations in the classroom. The example we just shared, like Go Green, that's simple. Allow students to be as creative as they want to with this. This is like a fun little scavenger hunt aspect of it, right? So you can definitely encourage students to come up with riddles or rhymes or whatever they want to do. They can use ChatGPT to help them with this part of the creation process um, if you want to allow them to utilize that. Coming up with clues, though, shouldn't take too much time. Right. That's why we're saying like maybe chat GPT might be a good use of time here. Think one class period, because while this is fun and engaging, this isn't like super academic coming up with necessarily these scavenger clues per se. Right. They could be academic if you wanted to make students include some sort of like, you know, ELA spin on it. Totally up to you. I just yeah. thought
1: of that. They totally could. You could be like, you have to use a prepositional
0: phrase or you have to use a complex sentence or I mean, I mean your vocabulary are works. endless. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, 100%. So, when students finish with the clues, they can use the remainder of that class period to create some simple decor to hang around the room that relates to their chosen theme. So, this is where your students can be, you know, your artistic students can really get to lean into that side of them. So, we're really nurturing like all of these different aspects of our students. They can also brainstorm any props that they want to bring from home to enhance the experience. So once students have finished their clues and their decor, they should be all set. Okay, good? All Right. Good. So I want to provide you with like
1: a brief checklist of what each group should be handing into you after their three or so um, class periods where they've worked on creating their escape room. So what they need to give you is four task cards that will make up the four rounds of their escape room. Each task card should be on a separate piece of paper and includes student directions for their classmates. So maybe it says like, answer these multiple choice questions and um, unscramble the bolded letter in each correct answer and present the answer to your teacher or whatever it is. They should also give you an answer key for each round so that you can double check that they're actually correct. Like you don't want students participating in an escape room where the answers are wrong for the grammar questions or for the novel questions. Students should also give you three clue cards. Each are written on a separate piece of paper. And they should give you the names of three locations in the classroom that relate to those clue cards. These should be listed in the order they want you to hide the task cards on the day of the escape room. So if it's like, here's clue number one after task number one, and we want you to hide it by the recycling bin. That way you know where to put those tasks. So before students submit their task cards and clue cards to you, you might want to have them test the entire escape room. Like they should actually work through the whole thing, that particular group who created it, so that they know that it's going to work seamlessly once their classmates are attempting it, right? You don't want them to, well, I guess you do want them to find a little bug or a hiccup at that point and fix it before they present it to the rest of the class.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then you'll need to make enough copies of the task cards and clue cards to distribute to the student groups on the day of the escape room. Okay. So it's up to you. If you're going to hang up the student decorations made on the big day, or if you require the groups to do it, I would require the groups to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So depending on how long activities typically take for your students, you can probably do like one or two escape rooms per class period. Also, depending on how long your class period is. Right. Um, So I think I would prefer to do just one a day and then use any remaining time in the period to maybe read or do a short grammar game or wrap up any past units, right? We, you can use this any time of year, but like our goal is for those last couple of, you know, that last seven days, eight days of school when like, nothing is happening, but you have to keep your students engaged, right? They can start to clean out their desks, clean up your classroom, all that type of stuff, um, while still participating in something really, um, academically rigorous and engaging. So you may even choose to set like a time limit for the actual escape room. When Jessica and I did an escape room in person in San Francisco in the city, we did not escape in time, but I think what did we have like two hours or
1: I don't remember. It was just like the hardest
0: experience of my life. I've said that before on the podcast. I was dead weight. It was hard because we got stuck in that first room. It Once like, we got out of the yes. first room, it was easier from there. So true. It was like the Morse code and the, oh my God, it, it's traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. Um so that's like fun, right? If you set a timer for 35 minutes, you create the sense of urgency like I actually really like that being mm-hmm. the kind of person that I am. I would make them do that so that they can race through each task, I to say for it quickly, right? It becomes like this really fun, even more intense game. Um so with a bunch of different groups, right, leading the escape room, you could potentially have, you know, five, maybe six class periods planned out. For the remainder of the year, plus those three days that students prepped for their escape room. So this could be, you know, a a longer experience for your students, um, depending on how you choose to set it up. So
1: hopefully you see that this end of year activity really allows your students to create engaging and interactive learning experience. And what's cool is that you're catering to their interests and needs, right? You're reviewing ELA topics, but they're coming up with the themes, things that they're interested in. So it's just plain fun. And what I love is that it's truly a break from traditional classroom lessons. It allows students to be creative, to be innovative. It ends the year with some excitement and some energy so that they leave your class, right, for the year feeling
0: motivated and inspired and with these really strong memories of your ELA class. Yeah. I love it. So let us know if you put this idea in your plan books for the last week or two of the school year, you can send us a message over at EB academics on Instagram. Um, we would love to see how this goes for you. And also just a quick reminder, if you haven't hopped over to sign up for our summer PD workshop in June, all about engagement, go to ebacademics.com forward slash engagement. We'd love to see you there giving away a ton of free resources, free prizes. And also a lot of great content to really help you learn how to incorporate all of those ELA standards into your classroom while also actually engaging your students in their learning. All right, you guys, we will see you next week on the podcast for our last episode in May as we head into the end of the school year. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.